Hello guys, happy day. Welcome to episode three of RL Talks. And today we are diving into shift work. We get so many questions about how we navigate through the shift working world. So that's what we're gonna do. Um, you have Kat here. And Mike. And let's get started. Hello friends, welcome back. Thanks for coming back. Um, today we are gonna talk about how we navigate through shift work. This is always the most common question that we get as to how we get through life, working shifts, working days and nights and trying to figure out how we can keep our health and wellness a priority through all of that as well. So we figured now's the time to talk about it. Yeah, it wasn't a matter of like finding a life hack that worked because I don't, I don't believe really in in life hacks working. Like I feel like there are some things that like just make life simpler. But when it comes to shift work, it's such a nuanced and it's such a complicated matter to navigate around. Um, so finding what worked for us wasn't necessarily. Um, just one singular thing like it was a lot of trial and error and a lot of trying different little things and making sacrifices along the way that helped balance us out and get us to where we are now yeah absolutely we definitely spent a lot of time finessing our routine and figuring out um, what days we needed to prioritize certain things like meal prep and grocery shopping and we figured out what works for us and so we hope that we can share a tip or two that works well for you um, but something to keep in mind is you and your schedule is custom to you. Yeah. And so what works for us might not work for you, but hopefully there's, there's something that you pick up. And what we're going to talk about today is not like rule of law. Like you can obviously adapt it as needed. Like you can modify things. You can change things as needed. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to follow this template step by step by step because like you said, for some people, it might work. For some other people, it just might not fit in. And everyone's dynamics are a little bit different. So what worked for us maybe might work for you, but you might need to do some tinkering along the way just to kind of make that piece fit. And it, when we started all of this, like shift work was was very defined. And it was a lot of like, there was like the nine to fivers and then there was the shift workers. And since the world has changed so much, this episode no longer just applies to shift workers. This applies to everyone who is working a in a new environment in, an, in with an inconsistent schedule. It doesn't just, it's not just shift work anymore. There's the inconsistencies of the world now apply to everyone. Yeah. And I mean, even for us, like the, the shift work template or like the shift work, um, the shift work design wasn't necessarily our truth either because we weren't working regular 12-hour shifts like we were working um 12s 24s 96s like on call on call right when you're essentially married to your job for four days straight 24 hours a day so some days you were working you know six to six and other days you were working throughout the night or you know that crossover between lunchtime and when you should be asleep like it was so inconsistent, so we needed to find something. And that's why trial and error became such an integral part of this. And finessing became such an integral part because our shift work didn't fit some beautiful template of you work six to six or you work, um, you know, 5.30 to 5.30. It was very um, nuanced and it was very complex, the, the shifts that we ended up working. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when we started working shift work, I, it was such a, the, the, the stigma behind shift work was you have no time to sleep. Your sleep schedule is a disaster. You have no time to work out. You have no time to like plan your meals or, or figure out when you're going to eat or what you're going to eat. And it was the, the mentality was you pretty much just say fuck it to your nutrition and 
everything that is good for you and <laughs> when when you were working those shifts and, and I, there was times where I'd be working up to a week at a time so and the whole mentality like I remember when I first started working and working in a, in in the shift work and especially in like the EMS community the conversation was was very much like you just do whatever you got to do to stay alive for for those days and 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 if you survive fantastic if not well try again next week kind of deal yeah we fell into the trap where we let shift work define us and i feel like for i don't even know if it's right to say for a lot of people but for a good majority of people they fall into that typical meme right where it's like you survive off of nicotine caffeine ibuprofen and hate (laughs) and fast food and fast food (laughs) right like you know i think i go back to like seeing memes where it was this balanced this balanced plate where like it's got a chicken breast and broccoli and rice and it's like what a shift worker schedule looks like it's like a coffee a pack of cigarettes uh a big mac and you know like a a bottle of tylenol like and to some degree like we almost fell into that trap and we constantly had those conversations like at what point does shift work become an excuse and at what point do we take control of those things back and find out what we can control Mm -hmm. and there was a time there where we were kind of just flying by the seat of our pants we were trying lots of different things um in our heads we were like okay we've, we've got food for this shift and we'll figure out the rest but then life would happen and next thing we knew we're driving for eight hours in the middle of the night we forgot to grab a lunch we haven't slept we didn't exercise we have we don't even have a water bottle water bottles on trucks weren't even a thing at that point and you're you're looking for whatever is open at 3 a.m and i i was it was i just remember feeling like shit all the time and i do think though that the mentality of that has changed quite a bit um we over over the years i i think i've definitely seen a shift in people are paying more attention to making sure that they have a lunch packed making sure they've got water um trying to figure out a workout schedule amongst it all trying to prioritize sleep which makes me really happy because that's important it's important like this this especially with us and like all the tri-services workers and even anyone else who works like in in the shift work realm um, it makes me excited to see that people are, tr- are taking back that control and, and that stigma behind shift work is changing. It's hard. It's still hard and there's still days where you lose the battle and you still are getting a Big Mac on shift and you wake up and you're like, wow, I slept two hours and we're just about to do this all over again. But I'm glad that it's starting to make that shift. It's starting to make that shift. I, 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 I think that a lot of the the old school shift workers they yeah. still fall into that trap right like oh I, I i didn't meal prep today so i'm just gonna grab you know 3 a.m taquitos at freaking 7-eleven which they do hit different it, there is a time and place for 3 a.m taquitos They're, they do hit different but long term that that shit just is not sustainable and that's when you get a lot of these shift workers that end up going on long-term disability for back injuries or stress and anxiety or you know sleep um deprivation. Like sleep deprivation sleep disturbances and insomnia and you know you're basically trying to patch the holes with long-term disability and medication and i feel like we need to we need to use that as a big mirror to look introspectively and be like i need to change something because it's not just about your performance at work and your attendance at work this has repercussions far beyond just the work schedule like it has repercussions into your private life into your um love life into your um interpersonal relationships so we need to change that narrative a little bit like yeah, there is a time and a place for 3 a.m. taquitos, and yes, they do hit difference, and yes, they taste like fucking gold, and like, man, those those cheese sandwiches at the Rocky View, ooh, and oh a, my gosh, and a Rocky View mimosa, like, that shit slaps. But 
You can't live off of. We can't live off of that. So pocket grilled cheese and, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, and ginger when, ale. When you leave it in your like cargo pocket, it just gets a little bit melty, and you're like, "That's a sweet spot." Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but okay. So how are we going to change that narrative? What's 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 the first basic step? Well, I think the the first step is just that people are paying attention. The fact that so many people ask us, yeah, is step one because people are starting to care. Be introspective. Absolutely. So what did we do? What was our first step? Our first step was, first of all, taking control of the things that we could control. And that was our food. Yeah. Meal prep. Do you remember what a fucking disaster that was? <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. Let's uh, flash back a little bit here. So when Mike and I started our life together, we lived in this really tiny apartment in, in, in Northern Alberta. And we had like... The smallest kitchen in the world, I swear. It was terrible. And we would pull our coffee table from the living room into the kitchen so that we could lay out all of our containers. <laughs> it was like a miniature island that was all of a foot off the ground. We had this, like, fucking $40 Ikea table that was made of, like, 98% particle board. Yeah. And an ottoman. And we were using... Oh, the ottoman. We used to use the ottoman, too. Yeah. Oh, my we gosh. Were, we were using this as our prep table because our kitchen was fucking tiny. Like, yeah. I remember we would cross paths and there was murder eyes at some point throughout <laughs> meal prep. Like, oh, always. It was so chaotic. Um, but, yeah, that's what we did. So, we would... We, we decided at some point that, that meal prep was the way to go. Um, and we would prep for however many days we would be working. So typically Mike would be working four days on call. So 96 hours on call. And I would be working anywhere from more often than not, I was working seven days away. I would be gone for seven days, yeah. um, seven days on call. So we would be prepping for what is, I don't even know, like 11 meals times two, 22 meals. We would prep 22 meals yeah. at a time. Yeah. Literally sixty percent of our fridge was Tupperware. <laughs> oh, we oh yeah, we'd have to like clean out the fridge before we would do all of that. So, um, that's what we committed to our before our the day before our shift started was when we would meal prep all day. That was the plan. We would wake up, we would hit the grocery store, then we would spend the day prepping. We'd figure out what meals we wanted, and we would crank it out. And back then, this process would take us so long we would literally spend like eight hours trying to get all of yeah. this done and oh my god because we tried to like we took a fairly uncomplicated topic and or fairly uncomplicated procedure and complicated the fuck out of it like we were trying to get our you know, protein weights down to like the decimal point. <laughs> oh yeah. We were weighing, we were weighing everything at that yeah. point too. And don't get me wrong. We still do. We yep. still do, but we have a little bit more leniency, like a gram here and there we realize is not going to make or break. But back then we were like, no, if I need to have 113.2468 grams of, you know, chicken, I'm going to like literally pull each strand of fiber off of that yeah. chicken and measure it to the decimal point. And it just made it such a complicated and convoluted procedure, which it shouldn't have to be. Yeah. And I'm, we definitely, I think everybody actually goes through the, like the phase of, of feeling overwhelmed, especially when it comes to meal prep, like meal prep is time consuming. Like you have to figure out what you're planning to eat. You have to get your groceries for it. Then you're prepping literally 22 dishes at in, at once and so for a lot of people it's a very overwhelming process and it comes with time we've m mastered it now like yeah. we're down i think we can do grocery shopping obviously depending on on the day takes a little bit longer but when it comes to the actual like meal prepping now that we're working four days each um we're down to 16 meals and we just like, we were able to crank it out a lot faster. And it, a lot of like, one of the biggest things that made this process easier for us was utilizing like different kitchen appliances, like yeah. getting a rice cooker, getting an air fryer. Um, we will have like the stove going, the oven going and just like try and get as much done all at the same time as we can, just really utilizing our space, utilizing yeah. like our resources and, and cranking it out. So it doesn't have to be this like an all day affair. It doesn't have to by any means, but 
making meal prep a non-negotiable before work has been an absolute game changer for us. And we still, to this day, the day before we go back to work, we still are committed to our grocery shopping and meal prep on that day. And the reason why we, we have kept meal prep as a staple in, or as a cornerstone, I should say, in this whole thing is because it is something we 100% have complete control of. Yeah. You have complete control of what proteins you want to use, what vegetables you want to use, what carbs you want to use, how much you're going to use of each thing. You have literally 100% control of that. You can't control how your shifts line up. You can't control the hours you work. Your employer does that. Mm -hmm. Um, But what you can control is what you're going to eat. Now, when we say, you know, we're making, we are making 16 meals a day, I can already hear the people being like, I do not want to eat the same thing like a week. So then start off small. Mm -hmm. If that's, if that's not your jam, if eating the same thing for four days, five days is not going to work for you, start off small. Start with two days. Start with, you know, a breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a day. Try it out. See how it works for you. Start small and then build up incrementally. And if meal prep isn't, like, making, like, a a bulk portion of meals is not your calling, um, you don't have to. You don't have to eat the same thing for, for days on end. The point is you have to have some sort of a plan. You have to have a plan for what you're taking to lunch tomorrow. Just as your parents, hopefully most parents were trying to, like, Make sure you had lunch for at school, like packing your lunch, making sure you had snacks and all of those things. It's the same thing. Just have some sort of a plan as to what you're going to eat throughout your shift um, and take it w- and, and make sure that you, you have a lunch kit with you. And this could look like simply just taking leftovers from the dinner that you made the day before and putting it in a container and making sure that you have that with you. And this goes for people that don't even work shift work. If you are working um, that nine to five or whatever those hours look like, this applies to you as well. Like, You have to have some sort of a plan when it comes to everything, but specifically your food. If you show up and you have no game plan for the day, that's exactly when you are going to be relying on, on the fast food or, or not eating. And then you come home and you're a disaster, like have a plan, figure out, is it going to be leftovers? Is it going to be meal prep? Are you going to simply prep your food? doesn't have to, you don't have to cook it. Just prep it the day before, cook it as you go. For those that are working at home, Same for you. This applies to you as well. Having a game plan when it comes to your food is actually step two. Step one is having food in your house. Grocery shopping and or like whether that's grocery shopping, whether that's picking it up, whether it's having food boxes, whatever that looks like. Have food in the house. Have a plan as to what you're going to eat for your workday. Yeah. Have and have a variety too. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest traps like and we are we are not safe from this. Like when there's not food readily available and I'm not talking about cooked, but I'm just talking about just having food in the house. When there's not food readily available, what's the first thing we, we, we decide we, we order in every time we are going to grab sushi. We're going to grab a pizza, but the more I find that there's food and a variety of food readily available. And that includes like certain snacks, um, things that we love, things Mm -hmm. that are, things that are palatable, um, or just having like meat defrosted, just having that abundance and variety automatically triggers in my brain. Like, you know what? Maybe I don't need to eat up today. <laughs> yeah. Like we have a plan. Yeah. We, absolutely. Like, or we have the ability to make said plans. So, yeah. um, but yeah, making meal prep a non-negotiable was the absolute game changer for us. And, and just making sure that we had food for the day and then throwing in a couple extra snacks in that bag for when we inevitably get overtime or maybe you like we have a more stressful day and our hunger cues are a little bit higher and like keeping yourself fed and hydrated throughout that shift is is an absolute game changer it's going to keep you sharp it's going to keep you ready to go it's it's just that that was that was the biggest thing for us was meal prep and and for 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 the people who 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 are in the boat like i do not want to eat the same thing you know five days a week I will say there's something satisfying, there's something relieving about looking back into your lunch kit and being like, I have food in there. Yep. There's stuff in there. There's something I can put in my mouth, in my gut, and feel better about my life. Yep. It's better for your for your pocket. Like it's better for your wallet, first of all, better for your bank account. But second of all, when you are in a position where you are stressed to your absolute tits 
and you are starving and the next small fuzzy animal you see you're gonna like spear it and like munch on it raw like when you are at that point having food readily available makes no difference what it is yeah it makes zero difference what it is and we're especially shift workers like we've all been there we've all been in that spot where especially now like let's let's talk about current events right now like especially for ems workers for police officers firefighters you guys get enough no you guys, you guys get enough breaks i'm just kidding but but i think we're all feeling the strain both in the healthcare industry in the tri services and even people who work from home we're all feeling that strain mm -hmm. having that food readily available is such a relieving life-saving like oasis almost it's one less thing to worry about it's yeah. one less thing to stress about and before i forget it because this just popped into my head another thing that i find is a game changer when it comes to my nutrition and shift work is scheduling out like when i'm going to eat like loosely mm -hmm. like and for me that looks like um so i take three meals with me to work so that means every four hours ish obviously like i i can't set that time in stone but knowing that every four hours i need to eat a meal or i'm not i'm not going to be a very happy camper like that was also a huge thing for me yeah. um and whether that is um eating in the truck eating at a hospital just in my head i i subconsciously do this actually now which is funny but like when i start my shift at some point i'm like okay hey, where's my where's my three hour mark actually three hours is usually when i eat my breakfast three to four hours i'm like so if i'm starting at seven o'clock like when can i eat my breakfast and then or six o'clock five o'clock whatever but this also makes sure that i have enough food for for throughout the day this means that i'm i'm going throughout the day um having a plan as to when i'm going to eat which is going to avoid me getting hangry because hangry cat she's a treat and but it also makes sure that i have enough food don't even say it i shuddered <laughs> oh don't even don't even but it also makes sure i have enough food for the day like if i smash all my food first thing in the morning and then all of a sudden it's like three o'clock and i still got four hours left in my shift well now my plan is pooch so th yeah. this is another like planning point of and it's if you if you have scheduled breaks plan accordingly if yeah. you don't have scheduled breaks you have to pay attention as to like when do you start to get hungry when is when is it too far yeah. and now you're starving and now like you can't focus like yeah. um if you are one of those people that like tends to run out of food on the day well maybe start spreading it out a little bit but i know for me and i don't think we've ever talked about like our meal timing um it's something i don't think you and i have ever talked about but it's something that i stress with a lot of my clients like figure out when you're when you're going to eat throughout the day and are you going to eat after work are you going to eat before work but yeah. it's such a once you for, for us once you get in in that ambulance or that cruiser or you show up at that desk like whatever it looks like you're 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 trapped there for however long and the it's just yes it's one more thing to think about but once your body gets used to that and once like you you know like these are the times that i'm going to eat it does make a difference. It keeps you fueled throughout the day. It keeps you sharp throughout the day. And again, at, at first it's going to be something to think about and you're going to have to play around with it a little bit. But once you figure it out, it's one less thing to think about because your body will also like start to get into that routine and it'll know like it'll start. It's, it's funny. Your body pays attention and it'll start to know like, okay, we're three hours into this, four hours into this. Like I'm starting to get hungry yep. and then it'll, it, it starts to rely on that. And that is when you will start to get hungry. Absolutely. So absolutely, that was, that was a big thing for me as well. Yeah. And freaking water, having water on the truck. This has changed a little bit for me now that we're wearing masks. Um, and I've heard a few people, a few people struggle with this. They're like, I'm not drinking as much water because I'm always wearing my mask. Yeah. Um, but having water in the truck. And it's so funny because I can, I can hear Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Sam will ever listen to this, but I can hear Sam and she's like, I, if you drink water, you have to pee. Yes. Okay. Yes. I get it. I hear you. And most days it's a struggle to find time to pee. But again, like if you are hydrated, you are sharp. If you are hydrated, you're not as sore. If you are hydrated, you're, that brain fog is a little bit less. Like put the bloody water bottle in your goddamn environment yeah but also like trust me if you need to pee and you need to pee real bad 
you become Jason Bourne real fucking quick. Oh. You're like, you're looking and you're like, okay, I have like 26 steps to the bathroom. I can go there, fucking rock out a piss for 30 seconds, like walk out, like get to my partner, do this thing. Like you plan this shit. Like you get superpowers when you need to piss. Trust me, <laughs> there's always a toilet available. You'll get there. Like, Yeah, but I, I was very surprised how much hydration affected me on shift. I find... So... Yeah, I find um, hydration, like, throughout the day, like, in day shift especially, I mean, day shift is generally super busy, and um, we're always, like, on the go, so I, I, I oftentimes forget to drink water, like, but I don't necessarily suffer. Where I find the biggest difference is on night shift, mm. and I, I, I drink like a fish. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, and... It helps. It helps keep me sharp. First of all, um, it helps keep me feeling less fatigued, and I just it's it's something refreshing in a very shitty environment. Right? Yeah. Like let's be real. Night shift sucks. Like, yeah. Even if you love night shift, it still sucks. It's still hard to not acknowledge that it fucking blows to mm-hmm. work night shift. But having that refreshment. Um, that little bit of just semblance of normalcy, just drinking that water feels so good and feels refreshing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's nutrition. I think that like, I think just to summarize all that, like meal prep becoming a non-negotiable was the biggest game changer for us. Showing up with a plan, making sure we have food, making sure we have water, um, figuring out how to spread out your meals throughout your shift, um, these are the types of things that were really big for us. Um, but training, on the other hand, training around night shift. Yeah. And reason why we're touching on nutrition first is because that is the most important thing. Like, if you, if you don't have your nutrition dialed in, like, the rest kind of falls by the wayside. It goes back to that old ad. It's like, you can't out-train a bad diet right? yeah like your your cornerstone for any journey wellness fitness whatever you have to dial in your nutrition and that's why we emphasize so much on having meals ready having food readily available like that shit is important but when it comes to training i have i have opinions <laughs> i have of course you do of course you always have what? opinions what me ruffling feathers no but I'm, I don't believe training, especially if you are not training for like a platform or a stage or some form of competition, training does not have to be super fucking strict. Mm -hmm. Training can be flexible. And if your training is not flexible, you need to really reevaluate that. (laughs) Yeah. Training should be flexible. Training should grant you some leniency to auto-regulate, to modify weights as needed, to modify reps and sets as needed, to swap out training days. Training should be flexible because if it's not, then we fall into this vicious cycle. Yeah, the burnout cycle. and Exactly. Burnout, frustration. Fatigue. Fatigue. Um... I don't like to use the term overtraining because I mean, that's a topic for another time overtraining, but like under recovering, um, you know, diminishing gain, it's such a vicious cycle. So it needs to be flexible. Mm -hmm. Now, how does that fit in with the shift work lifestyle in that you need to adapt your training to your schedule and to how your body feels. If I am, if I am, designing a program that makes me train six days a week and four of my six days I'm working 12 hours, it's not going to work out. <laughs> like, it's not going to work. It might. But it's going to hurt. But it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt on lots of levels. And it might not It might not be efficient at the end of the day. I might not get the results that I'm looking for once it's all said and done, right? Because there's a lot of stress on my body. There's a lot of time that I need to recover from not just training, but from, from working 12 hours. And if I'm stacking stress on top of stress on top of stress, then it's just going to fall apart. Right? So 
learn your schedule, get comfortable with your schedule first, your work schedule, your life schedule, and then plug in training as needed. Right? Yeah. Aiming to hit, of course, two to three days a week of good, solid training, like good workouts. If you can aim, if you can hit two to three solid workouts a week, you're ahead of the fucking game. And I, would just, I want to pop in here for just a quick second. There is a difference between training and exercise. So I think we should change change that that term. Like, let's just talk about exercise in general. Like, like it's, instead of training. I'll do you. I'll, I'll I'll do it a little bit different. I'll talk about training and I'll talk about exercise. So movement matters, and all movement is 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 in some way created equal, right? It is a stress on the body. It allows us to burn calories. It allows us to help um, help with recovery, help with our sleep cycle, help with our mental health, um, help with our physical health. So yes, all movement matters, and exercise is important, and we need to be able to supplement training with just movement mm -hmm. um how are we going to do that start at the most basic start by going out for a walk doing some stretching some mobility especially on those days that you feel super tired super frustrated super stressed out and maybe you didn't sleep a lot maybe that's not the right time to do a workout maybe that's not time to engage in your training but maybe it's the appropriate time to th focus on those little things that help us move right i'll say this before and i'll probably say it a million times by the time we decide this podcast this is no more for us and we need to shut it down but rest is rest and motion is the lotion mm -hmm. right if we are if we put ourselves in the mindset like i'm tired i'm stressed i don't want to do this i'm just going to be a couch potato well that's when those aches and pains start creeping up that's when that burnout starts happening right because we're, we're just sedentary. We're not moving. We're not giving our body what it needs. And especially as like inconsistent hour workers, um, having that movement in our, in my day is, is a game changer and it doesn't have to be this, a big stressful workout. Um, but just a, like giving my body back that, that movement that it needs, um, is, is a game changer for me. And it's goes against that mentality, that old mentality of, I just work shift work for however long and I don't have the time or energy yeah. to plan exercise. So once again, there's that word. You have to plan in your exercise yeah. and you have to commit to it. It again, like Mike had mentioned, like the intensity of that movement, that can vary and you can adjust that based on how you're feeling, where you are landing in your shifts, post day shift, post night shift, whatever. But coming up with a plan writing it on a calendar, whatever that Making looks like. Making an appointment like. with yourself. Bingo. Having that appointment, putting it in a calendar, writing it on a mirror, putting it on a post-it note, slapping it on your head, whatever. Right? <laughs> Just like, like walking around shift all day, like, yeah. guys, I have to work out after shift. Yeah. This is my commitment to it. <laughs> Setting an alarm on your phone. Just, even if that's just an alarm to say, hey, get up and go walk for 15 minutes. Yeah. Trust me, you have 15 minutes in a day. Yeah. You have, you might not have an hour to smash a gym session especially especially if you're if you're not spoiled like some people and have a home gym and you need to drive to your gym maybe you don't have that hour two hours to carve out of your day to go to a gym but you do have 15 minutes to even just walk around the block yeah right especially if you've been sitting all day and this goes beyond people that are like i mean we we easily crush ten thousand steps at work easily easily yeah. like and so if you are sitting at a desk all day long, like, or you are sitting in a truck or whatever that looks like, shout out to all our oil field workers out there, get the movement in. Yeah. Just, just, just something, something is better than nothing. And the benefits of exercise, we will forever go over and we will slip them in wherever we can. But just like, just know that you and your body deserve that movement, especially if you have had a big stressful day, give it to yourself as a wind down, whatever it looks like. But we're getting a little bit off track here, so let's but, focus on in on how do we exercise around our shift work. So, for me, I like to do a bulk of my movement when I'm like not at work, when I'm completely off and I've had time to recover. Um, and there's a good reason for that, is because 
sometimes it might make me feel good, but sometimes I need that little extra energy to push me through the finish line of a 12 hour shift, right? Like, yeah, you're like hoarding your energy. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. So I might opt to do lighter workouts or lighter movement, you know, when I'm on rotation, right? Put in the most intensity and shift your focus more for when you're recovered, 100%, right? Yes, training should be flexible. Working out should be flexible. A training program should grant you that ability to have some flexibility. But we don't want to rely on that all the time. We do want to put in 100% effort into our workouts. So if that means saving those workouts for on your off time and just doing lighter movements for when you're on rotation or you're feeling super stressed out, then so be it, right? Yeah, I know for me, like, I... If we're like, I mean, if specifically for me, I like to train after one day shift, like one day shift, I can like conjure up the energy to do a workout and then my long change. So when we go from like, we finish our days, then we have 24 hours off before we go to nights. It's funny. Cause I actually, I hate leg day guys. Mike programs me stupid Bulgarian split squats and it ruins my leg day every time. Yes. I know they're beneficial. Don't give me that. Don't give me that face. I know, but just knowing I have to do them, like, oh, it sucks. But I actually like doing that on my long change when I have those 24 hours. Um, so I will do post one day shift. My long change, I will for sure do a workout um, before night shift. And then the rest I save for days off. I'm definitely not going to work out post night shift because I am bagged and I don't have the mental capacity to do that. And this goes back to like you speaking about recovery. Like, sleep over a workout yeah but but also like understand that you can't use that as an excuse all the time but sleep needs to be the priority before before like your workouts do and that is huge when it comes to shift workers here's the thing workouts workouts and training don't work and you won't get the benefits from workout and training if you don't recover properly if you if 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 training and working out and lifting all the heavy all the heavy tings <laughs> encroach on your recovery time and on that time to decompress to sleep then eventually you're choosing you're choosing stress over recovery and that just leads to problems right um, and when we, when we when we talk about shift workers especially like there is a lot of stress that inherently comes from the job again alluding to current events it is a stressful 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 time and not just for not just for shift workers, but for parents, for literally everyone. We could just list off yeah, everyone. We could this list, has been stressful. Yeah, it is a stressful time for everybody. And if we are choosing, well, I'm gonna get ripped, or my New Year's resolution was this, and you start stacking, working out, and all these other things on top of this stress that is already built up, when do you allow time for yourself to recover? Right? which is the most important training whether you do um, powerlifting or CrossFit whatever at the end of the day it's the same three basic principles stress rest adapt <laughs> right and if you are just constantly in this stress this fight-or-flight mode at what point do you rest and at, at what point do you grant your body that ability to adapt to the to the to the demands you've imposed on it right we need to find that that right balance, which is like you said. If maybe your 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 leg day, you know it's going to kick your ass. You're not going to do that on a day when you've had a long, you've worked fourteen hours, you're stressed, you're tired. Maybe your nutrition hasn't been on point that day. Your hydration's been off. You're not going to add that that workout that that you know is going to kick your ass. You're not going to add it to that day, right? So we need to. We need to be present in the moment. We need to be present in our bodies. We need to be very introspective. And I love that word today. Apparently, apparently, apparently I love that word. But we need to be introspective. We need to be like, is this workout going to benefit me? Is it just going to make me tired? Yeah, and it goes back to, here's that word again of planning. Yeah. And again, it, it comes with some trial and error. Figuring out what days work best for you to train. What days do you feel best to work out? What days, what days do you... Do you simply settle for, I'm, I'm just going to get a, a dog walk in today? Or 
what days do you feel best to to crush that that leg day and it again is going to come with some clunkiness it's gonna you're gonna try and figure it out and some days you're gonna mess it up and you're gonna do that leg day before you go like in between your night shifts and then you're gonna realize like never doing that again or maybe you do maybe you thrive on on training between your night shifts but this comes down to figuring out when you feel the best and when you can get these workouts in and when I say the days that you feel the best I'm not saying about I'm not I don't mean the days that you have all the energy in the world and the stars have aligned and it's like the perfect workout day I'm talking about finding when you have the space it like mentally and physically to push yourself to do that workout but also not pushing yourself to do that workout when it's unrealistic for you to continue forward when you're not when you aren't recovered like you're saying and if you don't want if you can't work out before or after every shift that's okay if you enjoy doing that have at her but evaluate if if it's actually exhausting you more than it is being purposeful yeah. so it, it 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 comes with with just figuring out when works well for you but when we talk about the, the stress factor there's always going to be days where you don't want to work out hello motivation dedication commitment now we're into that but you have to figure out those days where can I push to work out today will this be beneficial to me do I have the space and energy for this or do I need to allow myself to to sleep in in the morning or sleep a couple hours before we go to shift um this it's again a very personal thing but it comes with being present on and paying attention to how you are feeling yeah and it comes and this comes back to like when we talk about exercise we don't necessarily mean those workouts that are going to kick your ass leave you dripping in sweat and leave you sore for three days exercise can be as simple as just going out for a walk right training helps you helps your performance training helps you lift heavier run faster jump higher training has a purpose exercise exercises purpose is just to keep you moving keep you focused on something else keep you burning those calories and keep you feeling good right and we should have almost that defining line between what is training and what is exercise exercise is everything under the sun but with that comes the fact that you can just go for a, out, out for a 20 minute walk and that is exercise that is your daily exercise right especially on those days that you feel tired so with that said that kind of answers the training like when when we kind of fit that in like again aim for aim for two to three really good like training days a week how that lands again you're gonna have to be very in tune with with yourself and see when you feel good and can you recover from that workout in between right um and when all else fails just move (laughs) just get out and move because that's important that's important for 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 our health for our mental health and our physical health as well yeah and i think we do need to touch uh, like specifically on sleep as well because it's such an important it's such an important aspect of, of of just life in general and something that it becomes a fine line between sleeping um like using the excuse of I can't I can't get movement in today because I, I need to sleep and I can't get movement in today because I need to sleep and Figuring out when that what that balance looks like for you, um, is is a huge game changer. Like if you if you are going to run yourself on four hours of sleep so that you can ensure that you have enough time in your day to get your workout in, and then and, and get to work or coming home from work, whatever that looks like. Like if you, you recognize that like four hours of sleep is not enough. That like six to eight hour range, especially for shift workers, like we need that. And if you can't give that to yourself, then something else needs to be adjusted because sleep should be the priority over all of it. But that doesn't mean you get to constantly use it as an excuse either. Yeah. 
sleep sleep is important. The amount of sleep you're getting and the quality of sleep you're getting is important. And yeah. as shift workers, we have so many sleep disturbances. Like yeah. we fuck up our circadian rhythm. I don't even have one of those. Anymore. I don't even know. But, <laughs> but from a personal perspective, from a very personal perspective, um, and this is all anecdotal. This is nothing evidence based on, on this one. But for myself, focusing on my sleep hygiene, focusing on my sleep quality has been super beneficial for me. Yeah, especially on night shift. Maybe I might only get those five, six hours sleep. But I sleep like a rock and I wake up refreshed. <laughs> like Yeah. For some people that might not that might not be the case. But start focusing on what you can change. This goes back to take control of the things you can take control of. And stop worrying about the shit that you absolutely can't control, right? Like Let's talk about sleep hygiene real quick. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. Because it's it's something that a lot of people don't don't, like some people might not have even known what sleep hygiene is. And it's becoming a huge topic of conversation. Lately. Love it. Love it so much. It so is. sleep hygiene is basically the things that you do to manipulate the quality of your sleep. Yeah. Is that a good like is that in layman's terms? Yeah, it's doing the things beneficial to help with your with your sleep quality. It is not when your mom used to tell you brush your teeth, clean behind your ears, and change your underwear. <laughs> Actually, you're wrong. I'm so well. sorry. I'm so sorry because brushing your teeth, washing behind your ears, putting like changing your underwear, that's your routine, your bedtime routine. I should say and this plays into it. I should say it's not just that. Okay. It's it's, 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 it's it, that is a factor, but it's not just that. There's so much more involved in sleep hygiene versus just being clean for when you go to sleep. Yes, there it is. If you're if you're sitting your dirty ass in bed, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, having a bedtime routine, like whatever that if that's changing your underwear and clean behind your ears, do you boo? But having a bedtime routine, what do you do before you go to bed that is giving your body cues? Like, hey, we're going to bed. Doesn't matter what hour it is. If you start doing these things, if you if you do the same three things before you go to bed, regardless of when you're going to bed, your body is going to pick up and be like, oh, we are, we're showering, we're brushing our teeth, we're reading a book for 10 minutes. If that is your sleep routine, your body's going to be like, okay, this is what we're doing to get ready for bed. I'm going to start winding down. I'm going to start releasing and relaxing and we're going to start vibing and it's getting ready for bed. Um, and that routine can look like whatever. I mean, obviously we, it's discouraged that you like play on your phone and like, don't just like jump in bed and have. <laughs> Bjorn says hi. Um, it, whatever, like obviously like staying off your phone immediately before bed is ideal because it's like helping that brain wind down and stuff like that. But whatever you do for your sleep routine, do it consistently before after day shift, before night, or after night shift, whatever it looks like, building that routine, making sure that your environment is ideal for you to sleep, regardless of the time of day. Get your blackout curtains, bitches. Go and get them. Yeah. Just go get the damn things because game changers. Making sure that it is cool and dark and quiet. And if you have kids in the mix, I get it. They're obviously going to change that that cool dark quiet environment but figure out what you need in order to like optimize on your sleep and get them involved like if, especially if you have kids i mean with babies you're, you're kind of sleeping Sucks on to their, suck. yeah you're sleeping on their clock but especially if you have like um younger kids who understand start getting them involved in a sleep hygiene routine as well start instilling the best way to embrace something and assimilate it is by teaching it to others yeah absolutely and if you're teaching other people how to create a proper sleep hygiene routine create those proper sleep habits well now you're forcing yourself to practice what you preach right embracing your own ethos and applying that to your life so get get your kids involved as well yeah and that's i don't necessarily resent my parents for that but it's not something that they taught me growing up either right like i was never really taught those sleep hygiene techniques it was kind of like you're tired go to bed (laughs) 
oh, those were good days when you could just, like, I'm tired, I'm going to go to bed, and then just, like, turn your brain off. Yeah. Miss those days. But now, for a lot of us, it it looks a little bit different. You need that time to wind down. And if you come, like, if you're pumped from the day, like, if, if your brain's just racing, like, once, like, for yourself as well, if you start doing that bedtime routine, um, as you ease into it, you will start to relax because your body is now being, your body has clued in, like, we, we're going to start sleeping. So it's going to just naturally, like, chill you out. Yeah. That was a little bit choppy, but that's yeah, okay. <laughs> I got there. I got there. But, like, especially on night shift, right? Like, we're already tired. We're already bagged. We could go, we could literally go to bed on a dime when we come home from night shift. But I try to make it a point to take five, ten minutes even, just to sit on the couch in complete darkness and just reflect on the day. Right? It gives me that... Yeah, I could go to bed, but I'm going to reflect on the day. I'm going to assimilate what had happened, and I'm just going to drop it. <laughs> I'm just going to say, this is my last time I'm thinking about it. Now I need to think about bedtime. And yeah. if you need to do that, again, it's 10 minutes out of your morning, right? You could go to sleep on a dime, but you're going to sleep, and your mind is still racing. So take that time to decompress. Take that time to really assimilate what had happened today, and then just drop it. Leave it at the door. Leave it at the front door, right? Yeah, and that can look... Like, it could, it could look like sitting on the couch for five minutes and just, like, taking a breath. It can be five minutes of stretching before you go to bed. It can be some, um, like, five, ten minutes of, of like, sleep meditation. Like, help, uh, there are so many apps out there that, like, if you throw one of these, like, a little, um, I don't know what they're called. Like... I want to say podcast, like a little five minute podcast of like helping you go to sleep, but that's not really appropriate. I don't know. Like guided meditation. Sure. Let's go with that. Like (laughs) sleep guided meditation. Absolutely. Like try implementing these things to help you, um, improve your quality of sleep and help you wind down after a shift. Like, yo, fun story. So for Christmas, Mike got a sleep mask. One of our friends gave Mike a sleep mask and Mike was like, yeah, you want me to say it for you so you don't because yeah. she, she might cut you mike's like the fuck do i want a sleep mask for and i was like sir okay this man tried it this man this man i think you wore it for like two nights three i think two or three nights and you literally woke up one morning and you pulled that thing off and you were like this thing is amazing <laughs> and i was like what did you just say and you were like this is the best thing like you like it's go and get it is it weighted it's a little bit heavy it's, 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 it's a little bit heavy get a weighted sleep mask yeah get a weighted blanket get a weighted blanket oh my gosh like whatever just pay attention start paying attention to your sleep routine and pay attention to how long it takes you to fall asleep are you fucking jacked and just buzzing as you're trying to fall asleep because if you are something's need something needs to change yeah and going back onto movement and exercise one of the best ways to prepare for sleep is, again, getting some form of physical activity in throughout your day. At some point in the day. At yeah. some point in the day. Preferably earlier. If you like, can. don't, like, crush a work like, a massive workout and then, like, jump in bed. Yeah. If you are crushing a workout at 1130 at night and then hoping to be in bed by 11, you know, or midnight 30, like, it's not going to work well. <laughs> yeah. If you are hopping into the gym at you know, 10 o'clock at night and hoping to be in bed by 11, like, it's not going to work well. Your body's jacked. Your body, yeah, you produce natural endorphins. You produce um, endogenous cannabinoids that help with that that high feeling, that relaxing feeling. But your heart rate's still jacked. Your muscles are still trying to, your muscles are automatically going to that state of repair. You're, there's so many processes, hormonal and um, metabolic, going through your body that it's not going to reach that restful state until... I don't even know the exact number, but it's going to take a while for that, that rest state. Yeah. It depends on, on your workout and what you were doing. hundred percent. So getting that workout, getting that, I shouldn't say workout, but getting that physical activity earlier on in the day, preferably getting some sunlight is going to help with sleep when it comes time to it. Yeah. And I, and lastly, the last thing that we have to touch on is stress and stress management. And this could be a podcast. It will be. All on its own. It's so funny. I have it written down. It's on the list. Stress management is is key. And this is another one, just like everything else we've talked about, that is going to be specific to you. Stress management, figuring out 
how you can give yourself back five minutes of your day to just unwind, let go of what has happened. Maybe it's refocusing, whatever that looks like. Figure out how you can at least release some of that stress because there's so many times where stress is not within our control. There's so much stress out there that is not within our control. But if you can take back just a small piece of it, it's 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 game changing. Yeah. Um, and figuring out what um, what tactics you're going to use is super personal, extremely personal. Whatever your stress management looks like, like that's such a personal thing. Um, but be conscious of what tactics you're using because there is... There's healthy ones and there's unhealthy ones. And you can have a healthy mix of both, If yeah. but... If your stress management is self-destructive... Yes. You need to reevaluate. Uh, 100%. Mm-hmm. I will stand by that. I will die on that hill. <laughs> and when we say that, please be very aware that we drink a lot of wine in this house. Okay? There is a lot of wine in this house all the time. <laughs> and, yeah, every so often, that glass or bottle or two of wine... That is our stress management tactic of the day. But we're also implementing, I know for you, like this is it, like like movement and exercise is one of your biggest ways of, of managing yeah. your stress. I wish that I felt that, um, that that same feeling. But for me, like working out isn't this, is I don't always feel like working out is gonna make me feel better right now. I need to go into a workout to make me feel better. I don't always feel that. I feel great after the workout and I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I did that. But getting myself to, to do the workout because I'm stressed, it doesn't always work for me. I'm definitely a, like if I'm stressed and I'm just spiraling out like a psychotic person, um, my methods are, again, this is personal, like I will sit down and meditate five, 10, 15 minutes. That's okay. Yeah. Before some, some days it's before shift, some days it's after shift, whatever it looks like. Um, reading, this is something that I'm trying to be better at is literally like if I'm spiraling, I'm like, I'm going to take 10 minutes to just get lost in a book right here and like literally lock it down and, and give myself a break from, from this spiral. Um, walk, going for a walk is up there. I'll, we'll take the pooch and just be like, peace out. I got to bail. Um, calling a friend, call your mom, just figure out what healthy stress managing tactics you can implement in your life and that are beneficial try new things yeah try if if you are struggling with managing your stress like we work really fucking stressful jobs yeah and we say that but most people feel like their job is stressful and that's so that's not to discredit anyone else and their stress and their jobs by any means this applies to everyone manage your stress yeah i i i absolutely have a gripe with people being like almost having that comparison like well i'm a healthcare worker well yeah your stress might be personal to you but the grocery store worker might have their own stressors right absolutely es- they do especially and i i don't i don't want to make this podcast political by any means but how many people are like absolutely berating you know these retail workers these 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 um grocery store workers for rules that are beyond their their own control absolutely. right like they have their own stressors and by comparing your stress to someone else's stress first of all you're a shitty human if you're doing that so stop but also like recognize that everybody's going to assimilate stress in a different way and no it's not them being snowflakes or being triggered like everyone is going to have stressors in their own life you don't know that person's life but what we're saying is find what works for you and we will have an entire episode to dedicate to you guys of how to manage stress but for now, find those ways that make you, find what makes you happy and lose yourself in it for just, even just 10 minutes. Make that a non-negotiable in your day. 100%. Make that, give yourself, start with five minutes. Every day, five minutes, you do something that is going to feed your soul and yeah. and go from there. Yeah, 100%. Um, so... We're running a little long on this one, but there's so much information here. But just one final note I want to add on to add the little cherry on top is stay committed, be dedicated, create positive habits. Do not rely on motivation to help you get to where you want to be. 
Because if we're banking on motivation, we're eventually going to end up bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. So if we are hoping for those days that we're going to be motivated, sure, out of your week, you might have one or two days where you're super motivated. You want to get a work, walk in and a workout in and read a book and do all these stress management techniques and then get, get to sleep at a decent time. But that becomes very limited as as life progresses, as weeks progress, those motivation days become very, very limited and very few and far between. Start building positive habits now so that you can rely on habits and you don't have to rely on motivation. Absolutely. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We will be back next week. We'll chat soon. If you guys have not already, our uh, hoodies are still up for purchase. DM us with uh, your size and we will hopefully have stock. It's going by real fast. Um, our stock is very limited now, <laughs> which is, makes us super excited. Um, and also, if you guys are listening to this podcast, make sure to screenshot that you are listening, share it onto your Instagram or your social media, and you will be entered to win a monthly giveaway. Village ice cream this month, by the way. They got lots of good new flavors coming out. So... Give us a listen, screenshot it, share it, and you'll be entered for your chance to win a gift card for Village Ice Cream. So, until the next episode, guys, we're so excited for episode four, which is going to be a two-parter, um, where we get, to, we, we get to learn you guys some stuff. <laughs> so stand by for that one, guys. We love you. We appreciate you. We appreciate all your support, and we'll catch you on the very next episode of RL Talks.